entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Wow. Hello, America. Uh, This is great news. Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, just cemented Kevin McCarthy's debt bomb. Uh, It's it's great. Uh, Johnson, Speaker of the House, just, uh, you know, let it rip over, you know, over the weekend. Dear colleagues, this represents the most favorable budget agreement Republicans have achieved in over a decade, which is great. I mean, McCarthy said his debt ceiling deal was the largest cut that Congress has ever voted on. Uh, even though it led to a $2.6 trillion increase in the debt in just a little over six months, no big deal. So best in a decade. I mean, what can we do in a decade? Maybe, maybe we only do a trillion dollars more in debt. I I don't know. Um, But it's uh, very exciting to know that they have no, no intention in, in any way, shape or form of controlling this behemoth monster. Also, there was a story that came out uh, over the weekend, and I wanted to get Carol Roth on about it. Almost a quarter of all jobs added in 2023 didn't actually exist. That meaning that means one fourth of all jobs that they the Biden administration has been touting we're growing jobs like crazy. A quarter of them weren't actually there. Now. How can something like this happen? Well, it seemingly to me, an outsider, it seems like it could happen pretty easily, but only if one thing were true. And that is you're in some sort of a catastrophic economic fall and going into a recession and the government fails to recognize it. But that's just an outsider looking in. Let me talk to an expert in 60 seconds. First, our sponsor is My Patriot Supply. When it comes to being prepared for a disaster like, I don't know, a Republican not getting into office, you know, in the uh, Oval Office, maybe that would be one of those things. There's no time like the present to prepare. In a situation where food is hard to come by, you'll be glad you got ready for it in advance. And there's so many things that could go wrong. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food, and they provide the perfect way to have peace in mind for your family. They'll help you prepare for the worst uh, ahead of time while still hoping for the best. You can get started today by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. You can save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of Americans be prepared, and I and my family are just one of them. They're sealed inside an ultra-durable pack. Uh, The delicious meals uh, last up to 25 years, 2,000 calories a day, $200 in savings right now with their three-month emergency food kit. Get one for every member of your family. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. today and get free same-day shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. Carol Roth, the author of You Will Own Nothing, former investment banker who uh, went legit, uh, got off Wall Street and uh, started talking about Main Street. Hi, Carol. How are you? Doing well, Glenn. Thanks for legitimate, uh, legitimatizing. Me. I yeah. guess is the right yeah. word. There. Yeah. Um, so 
I don't understand the job report and how you can make an, uh, a mistake this massive over the entire year. Well, as uh, Mark Twain, it's attributed to him anyway, said there are three, three types of uh, lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. And you know, this goes back to how data is collected, how it's modeled, how it's manipulated, how it's revised, and why it, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, I have seen the, the different reports, and yes, there has been massive downward revisions. Obviously, we just got the first December number, so only 11 months uh, of last year have been reported, and 10 out of the 11 months have been revised downward. The scope of that, um, I've looked at multiple smart people's analysis it's anywhere from 14% to 24%. There's a piece everyone agrees on. There's another piece that uh, I can't tell if people are possibly double counting. But either way, it's, it's just a massive shift. And the, the strange thing here is that, you know, you expect data to be revised based on how it's collected. But, you know, usually that averages out over time. You know, maybe it's not a perfect amount, but like in 2022, the revisions, I think it was revised, uh, you know, downwards maybe for five months and then with upward revisions and no revisions, when you mm-hmm. netted it out, it was only off by 66,000. Having 10 out of 11 months being revised downward um, is either an, an oddity it's lazy or nefarious. Those are your three choices. Pick whichever your favorite door is for let's make a deal. Okay. So, so, but I, what I understand is if you, when you're revised, when you have to revise, you take that into account, especially if it's repeated a couple of months in a row, you start to change the algorithm and you're like, no, it's slowing. Things need to be slowed down there because that's what we keep seeing. So it's, it's not unusual to miscount for a while because you're not actually counting. It is a projection. Right. Um, but if you're doing it for a year, it shows, like you said, you're either lazy or you're, you're, um, you're trying to cook the books because you should have made those adjust, uh, adjustments. And what would account for this is that we're going into a recession. Is that true? Um, that's one possible interpretation. I think it's helpful perhaps for people to understand, you know, how this data is collected and massaged because we have these different methodologies, right? We have the, what was called the non-farm payrolls or the establishment survey, which is that headline number that everyone focuses on. Right. Um, what they do is they only look at the, the payroll records of, the last time I checked, it was like just shy of 150,000 businesses and government agencies. And then they take that and they put it through seasonal adjustments and, you know, all the different kinds of models to come up with their projection. But then there's an entirely different survey called the household survey or the current population survey, which only goes out to about 60,000 households and they're getting their employment status and the demographic data. And it's very different because in the household survey, they're saying, are you employed? But when they go out to these businesses, they say, how many people are on the payrolls? So first of all, the household survey 
captures things like agricultural workers, people who are self-employed, which we know is a huge portion of the population Mm -hmm. that don't have corporations, you know, some other small groups. The establishment survey doesn't even have any of that. And if you have multiple jobs and you show up on multiple payrolls, you're counted multiple times in that survey. Right. So the the data is, is bastardized. And I would argue not even relevant to how our country's economy is run, given the the large amount of of self-employment we have. But with all of that, we've seen, Glenn, a record high of almost 8.7 million people who are holding down multiple jobs. We are seeing a loss. And again, the time period is disputed. But, you know, over over recent months of 1.5 million full-time workers and adding 796,000 part-time workers. So going back to your question of, of recessionary trends, you know, those are things that would make you scratch your head and say that's moving in the wrong direction. But who's picking up the slack for that? Well, that is the government and the government jobs. We keep getting, you know, yes. I think the last three months, like 50,000 government jobs on average for the last few months, like that's not sustainable. And those are those don't have the same level of productivity because they are paid for by our tax dollars and or the printing of money. So all of those scenarios don't look great in terms of the trends for the economy. So we haven't seen the numbers for December. Um, but uh, 216,000 jobs were added. This has not been revised yet. And 52,000 of those were government jobs, um, which brought us to an all-time high of 23 million employees for the federal government. Uh, It's an astounding, astounding number. What I want to say on that is that, as I said, you know, December, we've just gotten the first uh, print. We haven't gotten a revision to it. Same thing with the the previous periods. They keep revising that down. That means not only is it 52 over, you know, 216,000, but if they revise that down, it means it's going to be even a larger percentage that is government jobs. And that's what we've been seeing in terms of the trend is that the government and all of this deficit spending that, you know, we're paying for in terms of inflation in our lives, um, you know, is really what's creating the differential. But, you know, what's crazy is jobs hasn't even been the issue. You know, they keep touting that this is jobs and look at how many jobs were created, even though many of them were reclaimed, not created from, you know, when they shut down the economy. Uh, But that really hasn't been the issue for quite some time for people. It's really been the inflationary pressures and the cost of living, which is why so many people aren't even tuned into this and don't notice when we have these massive revisions. I have to tell you, I'm in Florida right now. And, uh, and specifically I'm in, in West Palm and, uh, it is, uh, one of the bigger bubbles I have seen. I mean, Florida is a bubble in and of itself. And, uh, here in West Palm, it is, I mean, there, there's a guy I found out at dinner last night. There's a guy who bought up a bunch of houses right on the ocean uh he's he bought 500 million dollars in uh in land and he's building a 500 million dollar house and he's not a saudi 
Uh, and, uh, you know, he probably has, you know, he probably has two or three children, so you can understand this. But um, right. <laughs> you're in Florida. You're especially in places like this. Boy, it doesn't feel like anything is wrong with uh, the economy. Right. So that, so this is the haves and the have nots. And it's part yeah. of what makes it so difficult when we talk about the economy, because what we have witnessed over the last decade and a half is this massive Fed and government policy induced wealth transfer from Main Street America to the wealthy and wealth connected. So when you go to the West Palm beaches, when you go to the, you know, these little bubble areas in Southern California and whatnot, you know, the, the prices of real estate are going through the roof. People are driving McLarens. And, you know, it, it's this crazy display of wealth that they've gotten through the inflation of the assets because they were these, these massive asset holders at the same time that the people who are on Main Street America didn't have the opportunity to participate in that upside are seeing their cost of living go through the roof right. and not being able to keep up. So it really is a tale of two different economies. And when you average that out with this you know, massive wealth at the, at the at the top, it looks like things are, are you know, you know, kind of moving along. And that's why I don't think that the way that we portray data is fair or gives us really a great sense of what's happening for most of the country and why, you know, some people in the Democratic Party seem to be scratching their heads and going, I don't understand. This is a, a fantastic economy. Bidenomics is working great when we know that the middle class has been getting crushed. Well, if you're living in, you know, the Washington, D.C. area, of course, there's lots of employment because yes. the government is employing lots of people. They are. And they're doing it uh, on the backs of adding more debt and more inflationary pressure. Uh, that is, you know, been really what we've been paying for quite literally, uh, particularly over the past couple of years. So there, there is this delusion and it, it's happening on Wall Street. It's happening in these different bubble areas that people who who are in these areas that have created this tipping of the playing field that has tilted things in their direction. They're going, this is working great. I don't understand why everybody's complaining when they have been doing it at the expense of you know free true uh, fair fair uh, and free uh, true capitalism that you know has been impacting the lives of of the people who are are working and who are the backbone of our economy so I, i'm i'm driving in some of these neighborhoods i was driving by um uh mar-a-lago yesterday and that was from the 1920s a lot of these homes that are huge like this were from the 1920s and those were the Jay Gatsby, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald days. And and I started thinking, when did the Newport, Rhode Island thing fall apart? Was that during the Depression when people started, like, not living like that anymore? Do you know? I don't think so, because uh, just being a... Um you know, a, a, a Jackie Kennedy researcher, you know, and, and if you think about all the time that they that their family and uh, the Kennedy spent out at the Hammersmith farm where she got yeah. married and that whole area, that was pretty extravagant. Um, and, and their marriage was like in the, you know, the early 50s, 53 ish. So I don't think it was at that point in time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> all right. Um, there was uh, something else that I want to get to. Uh, can we take a quick break and then we'll come uh, right back uh, in just a minute? Stand by. 
We're talking to Carol Roth about the economy. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, If you've noticed when you're in pain, it's hard to concentrate uh, to do just about anything. And it's practically impossible to enjoy whatever you're doing. Pain is a monster constantly trying to eat you alive. And even having the will to fight that monster is sometimes too much. I know because that's the way it used to be for me. Uh, It doesn't have to be. I got my life back. Now, this doesn't work for everybody. It's a supplement that helps your body fight that pain by fighting inflammation. And it's 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. And over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them have gone on to order it again and again. So see how their Relief Factor can help you. Get the three-week Quick Start. It's 1995 comes with the Relief Factor Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Or you can call the number 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So I don't know if you saw the uh, Wall Street Journal today, um, but uh, the headline, do you have that headline by any chance, Stu? Uh, don't have it handy, no. Yeah, the headline was, the latest dirty word in corporate America, ESG. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it says, following the years of simmering investor uh, backlash, Political pressure and legal threats over environmental, social, uh, and uh, governance. Uh, a number of businesses, corporate, uh, have shed ESG. Now they're just calling it corporate responsibility. Is this a win, Carol, or is this just a shell game again? So I would. Can I answer both? Can I give okay. all of the above? <laughs> okay. Um, I definitely think that there is. Some win, and I think the part that we need to take to heart is that by you know, the noise that you've made, Glenn, and others have made, and the action that your listeners and others have taken in, in talking about this and really putting it under a microscope, um, has has given pushback to corporate America. And they're seeing that it's not only not working, that it's detracting from their businesses, even BlackRock, which we know has been sort of patient zero in the U.S. of ESGS. They're laying off a bunch of employees, something around 600 employees, mainly in their ESG division because of the pushback. So I do think that piece is a victory. Um, But it's kind of like the ant problems that many of us have in our house that, you know, you can spray for them and kill them in one season, but they're going to come back out the next season. So you still have to bring the the exterminator out again. And unfortunately, that's the case with ESG and something that you and I had um, begun to talk about. You actually brought it to my attention with these natural asset companies that are looking to, you know, same kind of thing, bastardize capitalism, use corporate money, use pension money to buy control um, or management of lands, whether those be public or private, to try to take them out of productive use, threatening our food, our land, and our water. So insanity. They they decided to wait on that, right? They didn't say... No, they're not going to do it. They decided to wait. The SEC decided, correct? Well, so so they were due with the rule January 2nd, and they've extended the comment period to January 18th. 
I've sent comments. I've actually posted them on my Twitter feed. If anybody wants to say it, they're welcome to copy and paste and send them in to the SEC or to anyone, uh, you know, whether it be their representatives, whether it be their state treasurers, whether it be their governors. Um, I know that Marlo Oaks from Utah, who you've had on the program, is, you know, one of the, the key voices against this. Yeah. Um, and you know that we need more people like that because not only do we need the SEC to say no, the New York Stock Exchange can't list them. That's just one way these groups can access capital. It doesn't mean that NACs don't exist. It doesn't mean they can't go to the private market or sovereign wealth funds, you know, privately to try to to go and do this. So we really do need legislation that says Jeez. this is something that needs to go away so a little bit of a celebration glenn but the job isn't done yet (laughs) right so let me if i may invite you back on tomorrow because i want to talk about that very thing because most people don't have any idea what we're talking about it's something that's new came out right around the holidays and it is one of the most diabolical schemes to shut farming and everything else down and control the land all across america unlike anything i've ever seen before Um, And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Carol, thank you so much. God bless. Glenn Beck. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, I want you and your family set for a strong 2024. You want it too. Interest rates have fallen and American Financing can help you access the equity in your home at an interest rate in the fives now. That's a much lower rate than the average double-digit credit card percentage rate. Now, think about how much money you could be saving every single month. That is what a simple phone call can do with American Financing. If you've been buried in high-interest credit card debt, now is the time to break free. American Financing help is only a phone call away, so don't put it off. Call them today. The, the uh, salary-based mortgage consultants that work at American Financing will help you. They don't work for the banks. They work for you. You can save an average of $854 every single month. That's what the average person in this audience is saving, $854 a month. It's a way to start out the new year and put yourself on strong footing. You might also be able to delay up to two mortgage payments. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code Colony Ridge. You'll save 30 bucks off Blaze TV. You've gone into restaurants lately and you've been shocked at the price of anything soup sandwiches steak anything you you can fall into what's going on this is a scam how can a blt be 16 bucks we wanted to get brian will on he's a serial entrepreneur two-time wall street journal best-selling author Leading consultant in business and sales management, management. He's he's founded seven different com, uh, country uh, companies across four distinct industries. Um, he is currently uh, the head of uh, a chain of restaurants, uh, and uh, they are the Derby Sports Bar, Cantina Loca, uh, the Tavern House, and Central City Tavern. You might have one in your town. 
He is also in his spare time uh, a member of the city council in the town of uh, Alpharetta, Georgia. I hope we have time to talk about that a little bit. Um, but he was just on talking about the price of a BLT on uh, Varney and Company. And everyone on my staff, uh, Brian, found that fascinating on how you broke that down. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, Glenn. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. So, so can you break this down? Why should, why should we look at the price of $16 for a BLT and say, okay, I understand it. It's reasonable. Yeah, this whole conversation, uh, Glenn, started with a friend of mine who sent me this text when he was sitting in my restaurant saying, hey, Brian, uh, I'm sitting here eating your BLT and it's $16. You know, it's only bacon, lettuce, tomato, and bread. And I said, you know, Dan, let me break this down for you. I want to give you some perspective. That sandwich might cost $16, but we've got $20,000 of rent in that building. We've got $6,000 of utility. We've got $60,000 of payroll. And then we've got our general OPEX expenses that all have to get paid for out of the gross profit margin in that sandwich. And so we actually did a breakdown on that. If you'd like to hear this little breakdown. I do. I do. That six that sixteen dollar sandwich has about five dollars of actual food cost, which leaves about eleven dollars of gross profit. But out of that eleven, two dollars of that goes towards rent and utilities. Two dollars and fifty cents goes towards we call our fixed operational expenses like the TVs and the music and the mats and the towels and all that stuff. Labor to make that sandwich is four dollars and fifty cents, which only leaves me a profit of two dollars. So on a $16 sandwich, I have $2 of actual net profit that I get to keep unless or until something breaks or something goes wrong. That's my, that's my gross potential net profit. So, so how many BLTs do you have to sell to be able to keep your doors open? Yeah, so I was laughing about that. If you take our $86,000 a month in general uh, expenses, figure in a 30% food cost, we got to sell 93,000 sandwiches a year to get to zero. Every restaurant has a break-even point. The break-even point in that restaurant is about $1.5 million a year. So if I do $1,499,000 in revenue, I lose 1000 bucks. Everything above one point five, we can make a profit margin on. But if you never get to the one point five, you you're just spinning your wheels. So what has changed? I mean, it's not just the price of food, is it? No, food has gone up, but our biggest increase in expenses has been labor. If you remember, obviously, mm. when COVID hit and everybody's getting all these extended unemployment benefits, when we came out of COVID and tried to bring people back, they didn't want to come back to work. Right. So we immediately went to a $15 minimum, and that's for kids coming out of high school. And this was three years ago. That's now jumped up to about a sixteen fifty. So I have people with zero experience. 18 years old, come to work for me, and we start them out at $33,000. Where our Jeez. chefs are now at 60000 60000 Our managers are now at seventy to 80000 So if you look at my restaurant three years ago, we were paying 500000 for labor on $2.9 million of revenue. Today, we pay 650000 for labor on $2.5 million of revenue. My revenue is down three fifty, and my labor is up one hundred and fifty. And that's why we have to keep driving the price of these things up. Everybody wants to get paid and they want a big salary. They want a living wage, but all that does is drive everything up. At some right. point, we still have to make a profit. This is, uh, 
this is what happened in Seattle, except they did it by choice. When Seattle raised the minimum wage, I don't remember what it was, to, I think 15 or $16 an hour, all the restaurants said, we, we can't afford this. And a lot of them yeah. left, closed, closed shop and left Seattle. Some of them stayed. Um, and some of them just went out of business because of it. But that's not the only cost. You now have food going up. You have labor going up. Rent. Util- is- utilities went up 40%. 40 Just our gas and electric, right? Our insurance went up 40%. Everything is, I mean, the whole supply chain from us down, everybody's Wait. costs go up and that compounds. Why did insurance go up 40%? Because they can. I mean, I don't. That's a good question. <laughs> because you have right. no choice but to buy it. Because if you don't buy it, you can't stay in business. So it goes up. You know, it's uh, it's crazy is, how much costs have gone up. So how do you see us weathering this? You know, business is interesting. I, I have a picture in my office of a guy on a tightrope. And he's got that big, long bar, right, that goes on yeah. both sides. And I always say we have to balance. We're, business owners are on this tightrope, and you have to balance what you can charge on one end with what the consumer is willing to pay on the other. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you can keep that balance, you can stay on the tightrope and stay in business. But if you charge too much, they stop coming, you fall off. If you don't charge enough, you get more business at a loss, you go out of business. So there's always a balance. And in our case, we've made sure we put our locations in what we call high traffic areas. So we're getting, you know, organic traffic running around our, our restaurants, which uh, helps us drastically. But you look at these small operators that are out there, you know, fighting uh, all these costs that don't have that organic type of traffic. Um, and that's why they're going under. I mean, you're a serial entrepreneur. What do you hear from entrepreneurs that are just beginning today? I mean, it's a, a completely different world. Can you make it? It is. It, 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 it's a different world in a lot of ways. And I, I actually do a lot of sales and management training. And one of the other things we know in today's environment is there's so much information online that people can research almost anything before they ever walk in your door. And they already know what your competition's charging. They already know what they should be paying. And so, again, you're back to this balance of you either need to create something that's extremely unique that will drive people in and make them want to buy from you or your chances of success are diminished greatly. So it, I called COVID the great washout, Glenn. All the weak operators that used to, to be able to make it because we were in a booming economy, when COVID hit, it just washed out all those weak operators and only left the ones that are strong. Now you've got people that are coming in behind us and trying to come in and undercut, but all they're going to do is lose all their money and go out of business and, and hurt the rest of us. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting time to be in business. But if you were a, a true entrepreneur, it washed out a lot of people who were just, you know, my dad used to have his own bakery and it, that is hard keeping that afloat a, you know, a one little one man shop, uh, in yep. whatever you're doing. And, and food is the worst, uh, at that. Yep. It wiped out a lot of people who were just working for themselves yeah, just working for themselves and only making enough money to live on. And most of the people that got washed out didn't have any financial security behind them. Savings, you know, they, they just weren't able to weather that bump, uh, which is one of the things I teach entrepreneurs today is you better have enough security behind you that if the next COVID comes along or if something weird happens, you're not going to get wiped out at the drop of a hat. We, ha- we laid off 150 people in one day in March of 2020. It was 
it was a horrible day. Wow. Your uh, your thoughts of what's coming in 2024? Any insight on? Yeah, I've had this question a good bit, and I have friends in the M&A field, and I, I see everybody waiting to see what's going to happen with this election. Um, mm-hmm. We just don't know what's going to happen. I think if, if, you know, if Biden gets elected again, he doesn't have to worry about getting reelected. So who knows what's going to happen, you know, with the people pulling the strings up there in Washington and what they're going to do. Uh, so I, I think we're in a tenuous time right now, particularly in small business, um, that we need to be very careful and we need to be keeping some powder dry to keep us safe just in case if, something else pops up. If Donald Trump were to be elected, he doesn't go to jail and the left doesn't set the country on fire better or worse for business. If he can start taking some of these regulations away, if he can start making it easy for us to get those interest rates back down. I mean, the other issue we have, and I love this, this topic. I did a a video on it the other day about inflation. Inflation is going to affect us forever, right? We had a 5%. We had an 8%. Even if it's 3%, that doesn't mean prices are going down. Correct. Right. That means they've just compounded, right? They're, they're never going back down. Maybe they won't go up as much, but they're not going back down. People get very confused on, on how that works. But if we can get the economy booming again to where people aren't afraid to spend their money and they aren't, you know, hoarding it, trying to wait to see what's going to happen, then people go out and they'll have more fun. They'll spend more money, and I think we'll all be okay. It's just uh, take a little bit of time. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Cool. Glad I appreciate you having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Brian Will, he's an entrepreneur and uh, explaining uh, what is really going on. It's it's going to get harder and harder for people to see uh, and and easier and easier for politician politicians to create boogeymen uh, and say, you know, it's these evil store owners. It's these evil whatever. When in reality, uh, all of the regulations, just what's happening with meat in California is truly terrifying. Stu, would you write down, I'd love to get somebody from, you know, the pork producers or the uh, beef producers of America to explain to America the dilemma that they are in right now. Chicken producers, anybody who's producing eggs, all of this. California just passed a law before the new year, and it's now in effect that um, animal pens have to be a certain size. If the pork and beef producers, pork producers say, if we have to put this in, then uh, that's going to cost about $3,500 a head for every pig. And uh, that would obviously put us out of business or raise the price skyrocket. And so they're, they're, they're put into this position to where they either are not going to sell to California, which is a big buyer. Or they have to abide by California law, and that will cost the entire country more money because they have to uh, build all of these different uh, pens and barns and, and everything else. I personally, and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm in a different situation than any of the other farmers are or ranchers are, but I personally would say, screw you, California. Um, I, I'm tired of California dictating to us what we can and cannot do. That is a failed system. And what it, why we're allowing it to drag all of us into that failed system is beyond me. It's not 
going to last because it can't. Numbers are numbers. Math is math. It just can't continue. But we'll have more on that uh, coming up. First, let me tell you about Blinds.com. This year, why not change the look of your home in a big and impressive way without spending a big and impressive amount of money with custom window treatments from Blinds.com? They have so much to choose from, and you can do it all from the comfort of your own home and get the upfront quote online with no hidden fees. Yes, that means you get to skip that long in-home consultation and cut directly to the chase. And you can either do all the measuring and installation yourself or just get Blinds.com to come out and do it for you. If they do, there is just one low installation cost. No matter how many windows you get covered, you can do your whole house or one window and you just pay one flat cost. There's a reason why Blinds.com is the industry leader on window treatments. So this year... Toast to Blinds.com. Their free shipping, 100% satisfaction guarantee. It's a year to make a better way with Blinds.com. Shop right now and you'll get up to 45% off. That's 45% off for a limited time now at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, see if this uh, sounds familiar. Farmers commenced a week of planned protests on Monday while government officials warned that far-right groups are attempting to co-opt the movement for their own political em- uh, ends, the farmers began the day blocking roads uh, in response to a government proposal to revoke key tax privileges. Uh, the government said, quote, right-wing extremists and other enemies of democracy are trying to infiltrate and uh, instrumentalize the protests. Uh, apparently, these crazy farmers are rioting to trigger an overthrow of the government. My gosh, when will they learn? Now, these are German farmers, and what they're protesting about is the government has overspent, uh, and just the cupboard is bare. They can't cut anymore, so they are are uh, doing a couple of things. They're uh, getting rid of some of the tax benefits for farmland, uh, which is going to be hard for the farmers, seeing that they're not wealthy people to begin with. Uh, And then the second thing is they want to phase out diesel fuel, which is going to go really, really well for all of that equipment uh, that they have purchased that uses diesel. Uh, So it's another part of the green agenda. Uh, And uh, we're going to see it here in our country. But again, the farmers are saying they're putting us out of business. We just want you to know that means you starve to death. But uh, government officials, I'm sure, are okay with that. So we got that going for us. Stu, back to you. Well, there's nothing, there's no vegetables in German food. So in theory, they probably could survive uh, for at least a while. You know, I think you uh, might be right right on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think you might be right. <laughs> it is bizarre. I keep hearing this re- reported, and I don't know if it's targeted to me to make me feel not so empathetic to their cause but it keeps being reported as government subsidies are being cut to farmers and they're complaining about getting basically not getting free money from the government but the way you describe that is a little bit different than that coverage 
Yeah, well, they're they're losing their tax uh, advantages, uh, which I guess some would call subsidies, you know, uh, losing their tax advantages. And I'm sure they are losing some subsidies. But remember, this is a socialistic style government uh, over there. And the problem is they know that the government is trying to put farmers out of business all over Europe and the they won't stand program. for it.